Are you you were saying before the podcast that you weren't um feeling particularly well and that you were you had a bit of a temperature so you might do this episode in your underwear. Are you actually in your underwear? I'm in my underwear. I have a t-shirt on, but I'm I'm in my underwear, yes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to Okay, in solidarity, I'm going to go to my underwear. Hold okay, on. Okay, great. Steve, could you do yeah, the underwear? No, take off the jeans. I'm struggling to stay warm with with this terrible hangover, so I'm not taking off any clothes. I'm like okay. an Eskimo right now. Could you, in solidarity, put on two more pairs of underwear? Uh, yeah, no problem. Okay, great. Get out of here, jeans. <laughs> Just threw my jeans across the room. God, okay. I hate jeans. Um, I'm in my undies, Jerry. That's good, man. We're looking great. episodes deep now congratulations on making know, it to double man. digits yeah high five yeah can i can i level with you though go uh it feels like we've done about like a hundred of these yeah it, i was always very surprised when i just typed in like 10 it was really it was weird in my it was, yeah but i feel oh, like no. we've done way, way behind i said it was nine. Oh shit okay so this no, is the 10 10 this, this is, is the 10th yeah oh, wow. yeah yeah like i feel like we've done way way more i don't know I feel like a dog who's recorded the equivalent of like 70 episodes, like in dog podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works. Uh, do we, will, will we uh, try and introduce this guy who's been giving us shit this whole episode? Yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, I want you to introduce this concept because if I try to explain it, it's going to make me sound like an <laughs> asshole. So shit, I would like I you to, to take that burden. Right, Can I just fuck, interject okay, I was... for one second to say um, I have to really no! get out of... <laughs> fuck, you guys are really bad at guests. Um, Go on, what did you want to say? What I was going to say, before you yelled at me, uh, was I'm finding it very difficult to not just take this as like me listening to an episode of the podcast. Like I can, <laughs> it's like if you're watching a movie and every now and then the actors sort of turn to you as if you have to speak. You're like, oh, fuck. Uh, Jesus. Okay. How often does that happen, Jer, when you watch movies? Um, Jer's a drug addict, so all the time. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'll try and introduce this concept without offending Jer horribly. Uh, so, Jer... Actually, actually, I'm going to interrupt one last time, and I feel like I can do a pretty nice summary of this. When you guys were talking about potentially adding guests to the show, you said, oh yes. yeah, we wanted to try this thing where we'd have a guest idiot uh, one week and a guest expert another week. Jer, you're one of those. Would you like to be on the show? <laughs> yeah so the the whole premise is we want to get more special guests on the show because frankly steve and i are getting sick of each other we're kind of like an old married couple who's lost a spark and we're kind of sick of each other we want to bring in a third person to help spice things up i guess so yeah my name is jer the spark currently <laughs> and the the first thing the default thing the obvious thing is to get in like experts to talk about particular subjects uh, much like we did with la- last week with Donal, who came in to supplement Steve's knowledge, Steve's kind of side, his half of the dynamic of this podcast. But we thought it would also be funny and interesting to get in someone to supplement my dynamic, my half of this podcast, which is to say the ignorant half. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, oh, fuck, this is so hard <laughs> to do without being really fast. You just called him but, ignorant. <laughs> I did just call him ignorant, but I'm also calling myself ignorant. I'm, uh, I'm but, really uncomfortable with the hostility you guys are throwing towards me. <laughs> I was doing this as a favor. We appreciate you so much, Jer. Don't leave. Okay. All right. I'll try. Yeah. But but Jer, you're you're very much like myself. Um, you have your interests, your your the things you like to focus on. But um, pol- politics probably hasn't been one of those fields that you've pursued. I guess in your own spare time. No, other than really that one not. master's degree that I got, I've not ventured into <laughs> politics at all. 
to stop lying. These people don't know you. I know it's great. Uh, I can get away. No, with but so yeah, you're 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 very much like me in a lot of ways. Oh, and yeah, I thought it would be good to bring ignorant. you in. <laughs> I'm sorry, it'd be good to bring you in to speak about just in general, like so again, supplementing my shall we instead of ignorance say inquisitive nature. Yes. Um, but also to talk <laughs> about our chosen um, subject this week, which you have quite a bit of insight into, I guess from. From the kind of layperson's point oh, of view. Oh, insight may be a step too far there. I've definitely like I know Outside? what I know what Brex, I know what am Brexit, if that helps. And I, I knew right. I knew sort of what am Brexit before I listened to the episode. Right. Um but if I have any insightful opinions on it, or like insider like secrets and tricks, like um <laughs> Tips pro, and tricks. Pro tips, you know, I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> Brexit life hacks. Yeah, yeah. Not so much, not quite so much, yeah. but okay. I'm mainly just here to sort of occasionally interject with a snarky comment or whatever. Well, that's, that's hold on, Jer, you're chomping my flavor a little bit here. Okay. Oh, okay. You watch yourself. <laughs> I'll do my best. But yeah, thank you very, very much for the invite. I, I really appreciate it. The studio here is looking great. You guys are looking fantastic. Uh, it's a real, real top-notch affair. Sure, Jerry, we've been trying to play this down as a real, like, just grassroots, low-budget kind of deal. We don't want to tell people. So friendly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the agents who are, like everybody I've spoken to the whole oh, three-week process to arrange this has really yeah. been. You're ruining our brand. You're tearing apart everything we built. I'm so Did sorry. Did you say the agents or the Asians? Steve, moving on. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the, the news or the politics or anything like that, um, because Jerry, you're on a nice, beautiful condenser mic and you have the excellent voice that you do, I thought we should address that because you have the nicest voice of anyone I've ever met or ever known. <laughs> you guys are like the sweetest, <laughs> loveliest. Um, Stop it. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's Jer always had like this amazing voice. And when we were in college studying multimedia, anytime I came to like a voiceover or recording session, everyone got Jerry to do everything what am politics one man See what I mean? one question one guy who copies shit from wikipedia um <laughs> you get the idea Jerry, can i get you to say some things into the mic just that would might you know make our audience really happy and maybe get some of their asmr going of course yeah do you do you want to go for like a like a, a gentle whisper do you want me to get in real close or yeah 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 gentle whisper real close i've got some random phrases picked out here oh phenomenal i'll just say them and then you just repeat them back okay? sure hit me with it okay i wandered softly as a cloud i wandered softly as a cloud oh that's so good that's so good uh, okay, second one. Drizzled in rich creamery butter. <laughs> Drizzled in rich creamery butter. Mmm, butter. Mm -hmm. Okay, just one, one last one. Uh, I'm sorry, Richie, for having sex in your bed in college when you were out of town. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> rich creamery butter. I want you to butter. say those words. I want you to say those words. Richie, I'm... I'm it was it was a bad thing to do. I was I, I was. <laughs> there are no excuses, Richie. I'm sorry for having sex in your bed in college, um, while you were in the room. That was really unfair of me. Um, fuck. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of shit to your room. Actually, I'm really sorry, Richie. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> anyway, what? Uh, what what's uh, Steve? How are you, Steve? What's going on in the news? The news. Is the that news. what we're here to talk about? News. Yeah, oh, we yeah. should. We've been running for a while now. We should probably get going. Oh, actually, <laughs> okay. yeah. Sorry, there was one thing that I kind of lined up with you guys before we um, 
before we started recording, I, I asked you to have a little tab ready. Uh, I'm about to send you a link in, in our little Google Hangouts chat here. Um, now, I would like one of you gentlemen, once you've opened up this link, to uh, perhaps read the... Actually, you know, maybe maybe I'll read it for you. Have you got that open for me? Yes. I'm opening now. <laughs> yes. Great. Hold on, what am I looking at? Okay. What the hell? What oh am politics God. has been self-described as an articulate, funny back and forth, and a perfect blend of humor and political insight. This Wait, is who, not who the full story. Uh, you in the, the previous episode, I believe. Did I? Oh, okay. You, you did. We believe that the people deserve 100% accuracy 100% of the time. What is politics is not just a place for fruity academic types to be haughtily correct. This is a place for all to democratically comment upon the commentary of democracy. Oh my god. So you will, you will find a list of every episode that you've uh, you've put up. And if you were to... Uh, let me just mute the tab here so I don't screw anything up. If you were to click through, um, you will see every episode broken down into these little dots. Uh, each dot is kind of a topic that you guys discuss. Uh, mm-hmm. And I encourage anybody to leave corrections for... Uh, <laughs> Any moment in the episode, you'll see a bunch of them have already been been pre-populated in there. This, um, of course, the standard. It's actually what is social media, not what am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Richie, he's after Breitbarting us. He's looking. Oh, the reading distress. <laughs> this is so good. Um, so this was put together by Mr. Keen Markey and myself over the course of the last few days, mostly in a, a massive rush yesterday morning. Um, but yeah, I, I would encourage anybody. The URL uh, is whatis.politics.audio if, you'd, uh, oh if you if you hear anything that you don't quite agree with or think is 100% uh, accurate, feel free to, to pop on, leave the corrections, uh, oh do what you got to do. I'll, uh, I'll link that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, I like the way you um, you did what is politics with Stephen and Richard instead of Stephen Richie. Just to really just <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta keep it correct, fellas. Um, oh my god, this is fucking phenomenal. Is this I what accountability feels like? We have misjudged this guest. I do not think he is as ignorant as we thought. <laughs> no, we built a whole platform to correct our, our political discourse. Yeah, so, I, like, I don't have the capacity to, to haughtily correct you quite like Mr. Mulligan did last week. So uh, I got to kind of crowdsource it out to you, the listeners. Um, man. Well, uh, thank you, Jer. That's okay. No problem at all. Shall we do the news? Yes, please. Hold on. What's going on, Steve? Uh, well, f- Mr. Phil O'Buster has been retired from ah, the Amer- Phil O'Buster of the Clonic Hilti O'Busters. Yes, indeed. He is no longer allowed to be used in the American Senate when they're nominating Supreme Court nominees to the so Supreme Court. So just a quick refresh on what a filibuster is. Filibuster was a mechanism for the minority party um, in Senate to basically block things from happening that the majority wanted to do. So you had to have 60 votes to stop people from standing up and constantly speaking, which meant that you weren't actually able to hold a vote on whether this judge was going to go into the Supreme Court. And since there was the Democrats got together, I think they had like, uh, well, they I think they made it like the Republicans could only get like 54. And the only way around that was to take away 
that little rule they had in the Senate to allow that to happen. And now they just got through the vote and I think the guy was uh, sent to the Supreme Court with 54 votes. So what what, what are the implications of this? Implications is, is that next time um, you can pick someone that doesn't need to get 60 votes. So they're saying that it could be even more ideological justices. And it's just, it's another, like they did uh, the... Obama had to do this before when the Democrats were the largest party in the Senate um, because the Republicans were blocking all the lower court judges because the Senate actually approves them as well. So they got rid of the filibuster for that. And then between then the the Republicans refused to even hear Barack Obama's Supreme Court nominee, uh, Merrick Garland, who's pretty much the poor guy. It's just going to end up being like a trivia pursuit question in a couple of years rather than, you know, a a massive part of American politics. And yeah, it's it's, like... Could make things more serious, but this is just like another another partisan fight in the American Senate that's been going on for a very long time, and this is just like the latest thing. Um, everyone's kind of just like let out a sigh of relief because the whole thing is over. Um, they re- finally replaced the Supreme Court member the, after the guy died like a year ago, and mm-hmm. well, it was a it was a win for Trump when he wasn't able to get a, lo- a lot of wins, so they're kind of happy about that. You net net good, net bad from Steve's opinion. Um. I don't think, yeah, I guess a net bad because it's not it, like taking away these little things to make make it easier just to push through what you want to do just because you have the numbers doesn't make it a necessarily good thing. But like, sure, they were able to get um, Supreme Court judges on the thing around the filibuster rule before. It just meant that you had to pick someone that you needed to get some help to put through. So that's gone now and it's, it's even easier to put forward. the Like you don't have to compromise at all now. It just mm-hmm. makes it even more partisan and aggressive. Man, that's, it. that's exactly what they need. Uh, in the past, when this was a thing, was there ever like any kind of restrictions on what they could be talking about to sort of hold up the votes? Like, could you just go no. and spell out any any inane bullshit into the microphone, and everybody just has to shut up and listen? Pretty much, they would stand up and read books. There's like rules around um, what you're like. You're not allowed to sit down. You're not allowed. You're a to wizard, leave. Harry. He said. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, like David Copperfield was the choice usually. But if you wanted to read the entire uh, Harry Potter series, then you most definitely could. Oh, um, I'd just use it as a nice group counselling session. Just be like, guys, I'm not feeling so great today. You know. And that's when, in 1972, Jeannie turned me down for the prom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys? There's a I'll link in the show notes. There's a wonderful um, outtake from Parks and Recreation where uh, what's his name? He's he oh, played the rat Pat, in Ratatouille. Pat, Pat Oswald. Pat Oswald. Yeah. yeah, he did a filibuster where he spoke about, and this is all improv from Pat Oswald. He made this up on the spot. How <laughs> you could combine the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Star Wars <laughs> Cinematic Universe, and he laid out a whole narrative thread as to how this would happen, and also the X Men Cinematic Universe. Jesus, and how it all come together, and he laid out, and it was like a ten minute rant. That they they cut interstitially into the show. Um, that's so put on the show notes. That's that's that's, a, that's probably the best example of it. Yeah. Now usually they just end up like reading legislation or doing something boring. But like if someone was actually going up, then they like explain the plot of what they think the next Batman movie could be. Then you know that would get a lot of attention for the Senate. That's for sure. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Is there an existing world record for like longest filibuster? <laughs> longest uh, filibuster. I know when the Irish parliamentarians were doing it back in Parnell's day when they were trying to get home rule through the Westminster, I think some guy spoke for like nearly 18 hours. Some like mad old 70 year old fellow with a huge beard just kept on talking and talking and talking. Yeah, some lad named Thurmond apparently spoke for 24 hours and 18 minutes. Jesus. I'd lo- I want, you know what I want to hear? I don't want to hear. I only want to hear the last three minutes of, of those <laughs> like, like where he's just delirious, yet sleep deprived. 
Uh, okay, any other news? or do we uh, to- Yeah, there was. Um, Donald Trump ordered a missile attack on Syria, on a Syrian airfield. I'm sure you guys, yes. even even if you weren't paying too much attention to the news, it must have, it must have hit your radar anyway. So no, it was all over the news here. Yeah, I mean here as well. It was it was massive. Bashar al-Assad, the Syrian president, who's still fighting that horrible civil war that's been going on an awful long time. And um, he mm-hmm. was how he many used, years at this point? Like five years? I think it might be nearly six, six or seven years? at this stage. Jesus. Yeah, he um, he used chemical weapons on a town, um, a rebel town, and like the effects of this of the chemical weapon was just horrific uh, it's a nerve gas so it basically destroys the your central nervous system shuts down your organs and it's a pretty gruesome way to go like Jeez. obviously the war's been going on they've been using cluster bombs and they've been shelling the shit out of cities all the time they've been you know mass graves shooting people like crazy but something about using chemical weapons in particular is just like a step too far for most people as, as yeah. like a form of warf- warfare it just isn't accepted so mm-hmm. the last time um Barack Obama had said I'm going to draw a red line on on the Syrian conflict if he uses chemical weapons then America has to get involved but then he went ahead and used chemical weapons but Obama didn't actually do anything he backed down um and Russia kind of came in and made, made like a <laughs> he came in and made like a fake deal to say that Syria would get rid of their chemical weapons, but evidently they did not get rid of them because they're still using them. So right. Trump said, even though like back then Trump said uh, Obama shouldn't do anything and part of his entire rhetoric has been America first. I'm not the president of the world. I'm the president of America. These kind of things are not our responsibility. We need to concentrate on ourselves. But yeah. once he's also a guy that watches a lot of cable news. So I guess when he was watching the footage of the children being taken out of the town and not like you know dying horrible deaths that it affected him quite a lot and he told his team right give me an option together and a couple of hours later while the president of china was actually visiting him he stepped out ordered a missile attack so they launched 59 missiles at an airfield they think it was 59. the airfield 59 yep tomahawk cruise missiles from a missile ship in the mediterranean wow. and they blew the shit out of an uh, airfield they think the one that the airplanes actually used to take off um, i'm not sure if anybody actually died in the attack because the americans told the Russians that they were going to do this because the Russians are actually on the ground there and they didn't want to um, hurt or injure any Russian soldiers because that would be a whole other can of worms. So the Russians probably told the Syrians that this was going to happen. So they would have had like some time to minimize it, but you can't really do anything. You can't roll up your uh, airstrip and put it into the shed if you know there's a a missile coming. So they they probably wrecked that airport pretty good. Yeah. And the Russians are on the side of Assad. Yeah, they're backing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is taking a bit of a, a stance for um, America that they didn't really take before. Yeah, well, America have been backing the like the the non-radical right. rebels, not the ISIS. There's like basically if you think that there's three parties fighting in Syria at the moment, there's Assad and his government, there's the like the non-radical rebels who are like I guess you would say like a non-Islamist rebel group who are trying to push him out of power and then you have ISIS, the radical Islamic terrorist group who are also trying to fights there all three of them are basically constantly fighting each other and uh, russia came in and they're backing assad they've always been an ally with syria they have a military base on the mediterranean in syria and they've been like bombing rebel targets both isis and the uh, the non-radical ones so yeah i mean america have been supplying weapons and advisors i guess you could say to the non-radical rebels but they haven't really been doing too much nothing compared to what russia was doing so mm. this was like the first full-on military intervention in the Middle East for an awful long time since Libya, I guess. And Trump just said, do it. And they did it. Jesus. I'm yeah. sad now. Is that what happens on this podcast? Do people just kind of get sad? 
That's what, that's, Richie gets sad all the time on this damn comedy <laughs> podcast, Jer. Welcome to my world. Although, you know, guys, it's not too bad because I've got news this week. Pepsi have fixed everything. Yeah. <gasps> Finally, we've been waiting yeah, all, all this, this time. All this political strife, all of this nonsense, all of these big, you know, debates. So it's fine. It's Pepsi fixed it, guys. What on Pepsi? Did you, did you hear about this? The Pepsi ad? Yeah, I heard about it the, with the, one of the... One of the oh, Kardashians or Jenners or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Candle, Candle Jenner or Candle. whatever her name is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was this really tone deaf um, Pepsi ad where it just showed. I'll link it in the show notes because I don't know if I'll do it justice, but it's it's this really nondescript, vague um, political movement. This big march that's happening where everyone's holding up signs and all the signs are branded in pepsi colors of red and blue like the exact red and blue of pepsi and they're holding things like nice signs that say stuff like join the conversation like really vague non-committal things (laughs) 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 but they're borrowing heavily from the iconography of things like black lives matter but just without any of the 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 hardship that went along with those movements and also using a a very uh, upper class white girl as the face <laughs> of this particular iteration <laughs> and uh, we at pepsico believe that aggression would drop off if everyone was just a little more refreshed <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it I'll, I'll link in the show notes and i'll also link a really good um advertising age breakdown of, of why it's it's terrible but anyway pepsi ended up pulling it because it was just people reacting so so um negatively towards it do you think it was intentional? Like, do you think they knew that this would happen and they just wanted the attention? No, God, no. No, 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 no. no. There's, I, I really don't subscribe to the thing of, oh, there's no such thing as bad press. There is a such thing as bad press. It's called bad press. <laughs> and it leads to these kind of conversations here where you talk really negatively about a thing. You know what I mean? So, God, I want a Pepsi right now, though. <laughs> Fuck, like, that would be so good. Yeah. Like, Richie, like, yeah. for real, it would be so good right now, though. Well, go talk to... Kendall Jenner and <laughs> Kendall. <laughs> I don't know. I think we may need to stage some sort of a riot before she'll hand me a Pepsi. I like, uh, but yeah. Anyway, Pepsi solves everything, so okay. everything's all right. So all the negative shit that Steve's going to talk about for this episode and all previous episodes and all future episodes, it's been rendered redundant by Pepsi. Yeah, the United States actually fired fifty nine cans of Pepsi directly into Syria. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Dear. Uh, is that is that all the news then, Steve? Uh, yeah, I'm sure lots of other stuff has happened in the last two weeks, but I'm really hungover and I can't remember anything. So these are the two that I remembered to write down yesterday. <laughs> uh, so what are we talk about this week? Uh, this week we're going to, since we have an Irishman living in the United Kingdom who knows a lot of people who are from Europe, we'll talk about European integration. Wait. Mm-hmm. Jared, uh, you want to do the honors of asking the question? Uh, yes. Um... What exactly is is the episode? Okay, how about, let me just try it. Let me just try it. Let me Jesus go. Jesus Christ! <clears throat> One sec. <laughs> Why are Brexit? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why, what, Jared? Why are politics are our biggest competitors? And I thank you not to mention them on this podcast. Um, what are what are Brexit? Did I do it? I'm giving no. you one more opportunity before I cut you down. What am Brexit? There we go. <laughs> I never mentioned Brexit. We're doing European integration, the other side. What am Europe? God, God damn it. Hey, Steve, what am European integration? Oh, glad you asked, Richie. Let's go through that. So European integration is the project that's been going on pretty much since after World War II. 
um, where all the European countries have been continually pooling all their power together. Uh, it's called the EU now. It's been called a lot of other things through history. So, I mean... What you else guys, has it been called? Uh, the lads. The, Euro- the European Council, I think it used to be called. The EC. I remember, yes. like, when I, like in the 90s or when I was growing up as a kid, you still seen some references to the EC because they only actually called it the EU, like, I think in the early 90s or so. Yeah. I remember it being a big deal. It was, I think, when they actually made it, the European Union. They put the European Union flag outside our outside our school and everything. Yeah, Actually, you know the, the blue flag with the stars in it? You know, the one that you think of when you think of the EU flag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That isn't actually the EU flag. They robbed it off another European organization called the European Council, which has got like nearly 50 countries, including Russia, loads of different countries. It's kind of like about human rights. And they just went, oh, we like that flag. We'll take that. And then, yeah, it just became theirs forever. I like their style. Jesus, no wonder we Brexited. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys know World War II happened, right? You guys have seen Band of Brothers, big conflict yeah, yeah. in Europe, Germans against everybody. Yeah. So after World War II, the little countries that live between France and Germany decided that they were sick and tired of these big countries running through there when they decided to have a war. And they thought one way of getting around that might be to band together. So they set up Benelux, which is Belgium, uh, Luxembourg and the Netherlands as like a little organization to try and pool power and resources to try and big themselves up to make sure that it couldn't happen again. And then as they were... Benelux sounds like a company that would sell me a shitty fridge. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a really shitty mic- like household appliance brand. Yeah, or it's like some weird nightclub that you need to get a taxi to in an industrial estate and you're Ooh, like, am I going to yeah. get murdered here at Benelux? Benelux with three X's. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you the old fuck, three. that's actually really good. I'm into it. Yeah, put that, down, do that. On your, put that down your nightclub idea list. Nightclub name <laughs> list. I know, you ha- I know you have a long list. <laughs> yeah, my nightclub. It just says Benelux and then the only other idea on it is sex question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right anyway. so the french and the germans seen this battle looks thing and they're like hey that nightclub that looks pretty cool and happened and we should we should try and do something like that so it was around the 50s i guess and they were looking at each other saying right we don't want to go into another one of these world war things they haven't worked out so well for us before so how about we do make or or um some sort of an agreement where we share our resources and organization on coal and steel because those are the things that you need to build armies and since we've been using them to build armies we should try and make it sure that if if one if we make their two industries so dependent that you wouldn't be able to build up like an army without the other person noticing really quickly, so mm. all the European countries, I think about five or six of them were like, yeah, that's a good idea, let's get involved, and to, uh, that developed then into the European Council, which started opening up outside of. Um, like not just coal and steel, but like other industries, they started saying, hey, like if I want to sell you this fridge or I want to open a nightclub in your country, there should be less barriers to that because these, if you take away the barriers and you have more trade, we'll be too busy trying to make money out of each other than try to shoot each other. And it was going on and on like that up until about the 60s or 70s. And Britain first, they were like, oh yeah, European integration, that's a great idea. You guys go ahead with that. But we're, you know, we're the British Empire. We don't need it. We're totally amazing and cool. And Ireland was sitting beside them going, well, we'd kind of like to join the European integration project, but we have to wait for Britain to make up their mind. So they tried to join in the 60s, but um, Charles de Gaulle, the president of France, actually said, nah, I don't want you, you British people. You guys are too awkward. I foresee you coming in here and making it awkward for the rest of us. We got our own cool thing going. And I mean, clearly he was wrong about that. Uh, I didn't see anything coming there at all, that de Gaulle fella. Mm -hmm. So when he 
passed away and uh, he was moved out of the politics, they were able to actually get it together in the 70s and Britain joined. So now you had pretty much all the major powers in Europe getting together and building this kind of super, like as they were, as they were breaking down the trade barriers, they realized that they needed bureaucrats to kind of organize things, but you couldn't have the, like Germany, Germany running the whole thing. It had to be like a shared um, government kind of style thing. So they kept on giving it more and more powers and it developed into what is actually the European Union today. Good riddance. So Jer, for some for some context here, is living in London and apparently has just been bought into the whole Brexit ideal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really weird coming up to to Brexit uh, here because it was literally like, again, you, you said the same with, with San Francisco when it was the, the Trump-Clinton thing, that like I did not know a single person who was pro-Brexit. Like I, I could not find one if I tried. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then there was that weird fucking night where they're counting the votes. Mm-hmm. That was, <laughs> guys, that was, that was, was kind of trippy, yeah. And what happened? Um, Trump won. Trump won <laughs> Trump again. Won yeah, he won Brexit. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Like, I, don't, I didn't even see his name on the ballot, but he won. Man, left the field. Fucking hell. Did you get the vote? Did you get the vote in Brexit? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Irish kind of have superpowers over there. Or here, uh, rather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, that's actually the confusing thing. So even though you have the European Union, which all these countries are members of, there's like loads of other European projects that like are kind of side projects. So you have a thing called Schengen, which is how it's the the agreement that lets European citizens travel and work in the different countries. But Europe or Ireland and the UK aren't actually members of Schengen because they don't want to have that free movement of travel. They never did. So we have a common travel area between Ireland and the UK. But then we also have like different agreements with the other European countries. So like, there's there's like a flow chart Wait, to really? show you. Yeah, it's weird. I thought I could just get up and go wherever in your in the European Union. You and can, but not. Uh, but your your right to do that is under a different agreement than a German person's right to do that. Oh, uh, this is actually so. This is so because because we didn't sign Schengen, the Schengen Treaty. I, I didn't sign. Personally, didn't. Yeah, well, I didn't see that it, one actually. I didn't get a chance to sign yeah. that one. Jer and I, Jer, Steve, Jer and I didn't do that. Where can we go sign that? Where Steve? do we go? Uh, Schengen, funnily enough, that's where it was done. That sounds like it's in Asia. Where is that? Yeah, <laughs> that does sound like it's in Asia. Do we have to go um, to Asia not... to sign that? That sounds. I don't want to go to Asia, Steve. It's so far Steve, away. It's so far away, Stephen. It's so far away, Stephen. So can they come to us? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, I'll ring up Schengen in, I presume it's Korea, I guess, and can ask if they'll come now? over for you guys to sign. That's racist, Steve. What? Educate yourself. Read a Jesus. damn book. Right now, any listeners on what is politics, if they could correct him and tell us actually where Schengen is, that would be great. Cheers. I'd yeah. be very much appreciated because I need to get my true knowledge from somewhere. And I apparently aren't get, I'm, I'm getting it from Steve. So what I'm the truth, Steve. <laughs> I have no idea. I love this new <laughs> dynamic. I love having two of me's on this podcast. I mean, Donald yeah, kind of is- double teamed on Steve last time as well. That's true. <laughs> I'm getting belittled on my own damn podcast. I'm just showing up to get the shit kicked out of me every week now. Well, no, you're also informing <laughs> us. I mean, we're very grateful, but also... Yeah, yeah clearly. Very grateful. I love you very much, Steve. So what's next? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> European integration. European integration. So as it stands, the European Union is this big, massive, supranational government that 20... Used to be 28, but now 27 countries. Actually, well, still 28 because Britain haven't officially left. They have to do yeah. it within the next two years after they invoked Article 50. Um mm-hmm. It's basically, if you want to think of it, like another layer of government. So, like, Richie, you live in the States. You got the city government, federal government, and the the state government, all three of them, like, running different bits. It's kind of what it's like here in Europe. So you have 
Ireland has its own government, but then it also has the European Union, which is, it makes laws and we have to follow what those laws are. And like, we have to follow them. The Italians have to follow them. The Greeks have to follow them. Britain never really liked following them, but they follow most of them. They come, they make these laws together by running, like they got four different uh, decision-making bodies or kind of like PowerPoints. So you have the council. PowerPoint. Which, PowerPoints. <laughs> yeah. Keynote. Well, I mean, power. everything's your PowerPoints. Keynote? I use Keynote. Keynote's a bit nicer. Actually, you know what? Google Slides. Let's use Google Slides. Sorry, you said they have four, okay. so they they have have Google four Google Slides. slides. What did you say? They have four Google Slides. I, I don't even know when to come back in here now. Do you guys just <laughs> want to keep going for another while or should I continue? Sorry, we're done. Thank you. Okay, well, the European Council is where the ministers of the different countries, so like the Minister for Fisheries, Minister for Trade, Minister for Justice, whatever, they get together and they have discussions on what kind of laws they want to bring in to, for all the countries to follow. And each country has to agree um, or on some things and then other things they use like a, a super majority where like two thirds of the countries can agree and the other ones just have to go with it if they don't agree. So mm -hmm. they get together, they make the laws, then the laws go to the parliament, which is a huge, massive, like over 600 person parliament with representatives from all the different countries. Since Ireland's only a teeny tiny little blip in Europe, we get like, I think we get six representatives, which is har hardly anything. Or no, I think we get about 12 actually. Well, we get, we end up getting more than we should because they, they kind of, they skew it so that the bigger countries don't, it's not exactly proportional based on your population. So they give you a bit more just to make you feel more important when you're a small country. But really at the end of the day, it's the big countries that run the whole thing and we just go along with it. Right. So it's just like a token gesture. Yeah. Well, it's, it does, it, it pisses off the big countries because to even have to make that, con that conciliation. But we're just like, no, we need more people because Ireland's rights need to be upheld. So in the hierarchy, but, uh, no. do you have any idea where the UK would have sat? They were big and important because they have the second most population. They're definitely one of the largest economies, but they constantly had the attitude of just being like crybabies. They would always be giving out about something, refuse, refusing to go along. So a lot of the countries kind of worked around them the whole time anyway. Germany's they shit. Weren't. They're just like, this is stupid. I don't have to do it. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Fucking much. Spain's being shit. Like, I don't even want to be here. <laughs> this is shy. Or something like that. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> Greece would be like, hey, what about the debt ceiling? And then the Britons are just like, man, we mentioned debt ceiling. Man, fuck off. Man, this is the European Union is far cooler than I ever gave it credit for. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Is it just a big room full of national stereotypes all having conversations one at a time? Yeah, it's actually mandatory that when you go to the parliament, you have to dress in your country's stereotypical outfit. Nice. So the uh, French guys have got the berets, the onions, the white and black stripy jumpers. Um, German guys have got the later hosens. What is this? What's a typical Spanish person look like? Um, Richie, I think. <laughs> I I am the palest man you know. Richie, get out of here! You once told me that when you were young, uh, you were in a play, and okay, let me tell this story. Okay, <laughs> what? You can't just I jump in, in and steal the man's story. No, this is fine. I was in the school production of Oklahoma, and I was a cowboy. And I had to wear really heavy makeup because, you know, when they put the spotlights on you, your, your skin goes paler. <laughs> so they have to overcompensate with darker makeup. And so they put this really dark makeup on me and everyone commented on how I look Spanish with my dark features and, and now tanned complexion. And it was the most confident I've ever felt. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part I wanted to go for. It was you looking in the mirror and going... Fuck, I look amazing right now. <laughs> this is great. Like little eight-year-old well, Richie being like, I am hot shit today. God damn. <laughs> I was actually 16. Oh. 
I'm still imagining you being eight and just being like, hot shit, Richie over here. Hot damn. But I'm also wearing like chaps and a cowboy hat. Chaps? <laughs> this is the second time that you've misheard the name of an Asian country. What is going on? Wait, did you say Japs? No, I said chaps. Oh, I didn't God. even I didn't oh, know. Jerry, you're the one who misheard. Oh, God. I would like to cut this moment from the podcast, please. Thank you. <laughs> Funnily oh, enough, I whenever I say that, that, it never gets taken out, so I don't know if you're going to get it either. <laughs> voice control, delete the last 12 seconds, end voice control. Now, hey, Richie, you don't have a choice in this. Wait, hang on one sec. Computer, turn on my bedroom lights. Uh, it we don't know. Okay, we, we don't know what happened there, dude. I was we, actually sitting here. I was sitting here in pitch black the entire time, and now I've got light. This is great, fantastic. What does the Irish stereotype in the EU look like? Leprechauns and Guinness, obviously. See, I don't subscribe to the whole like drunken Irish stereotype. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on one second. Sorry, I wanted to open. Computer, <laughs> order me a Pepsi. Oh, it's on the way. Okay, cool. We're good. Okay. Pepsi glass bottle 330 millimeters. It's 12 pounds and 50 Jerry, your, Jerry, your computer's talking. Y- yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Shit. It's, actually, it's actually trying to order a Pepsi. Let me just go plug it out one sec. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't order the Pepsi. <laughs> I'm unplugging you. Ugh. Okay, we're good. Fuck. It's like I a shitty Matrix movie. Okay. Fuck. I did not, I did not realize that I could do that. Okay, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Steve, I'd like to apologize for my idea of getting guests on the show. <laughs> I don't know. We got, we got, you know, one out of two ain't bad, so we can just move on. Heartbreaking stuff, guys. Come on. <laughs> no, we're loving this, Jerry. Okay, great. Happy to uh, I, I legitimately have no idea where we were. <laughs> okay. So I, I asked where the UK were in the hierarchy of it, and then we got onto how um, they would all be stereotypes of their own country. I basically said the two bad jokes that I made in the last five minutes. What else have we got? Okay, so then the other part of the government is the commission. So the commission is like the civil service of the European Union. Once the council and the parliament set the laws, then the commission are the guys that have to actually put them into practice. So, like, they're the... The G-men of, of the European Union, they're the guys that go around to make sure everyone's following the laws that they were supposed to. It's actually mm-hmm. kind of weird. Like some countries really, really follow the laws and other ones just kind of half follow them. Um, and Ireland, you can do that? Well, you're not supposed to. And there are punishments, like mostly fines. Um, mm-hmm. But you there is a European court. So if a company was to be breaking a something in the law, they get taken to the European court to actually have it decided. And since all the countries have agreed that the European Union is the supranational government, and that is kind of the last court of the land. You know the way when we were talking about the Supreme Court in America, that's like the last place of appeal, the ones that mm-hmm. decide all the final laws? That's what the European Supreme Court does too. So oh. if you don't agree with like the, Europe- the Irish High Courts or Supreme Court's decision, you can take it up to the EU then after that. And if they change the law, then that's what counts for the entire... entire um, Europe. So there's like if if you take a, a lot if you take something an issue up to the um to that level that establishes a precedent for all of European Union that can exactly. be referenced by other countries. Yes. Thank you for filling in on the explainer on this episode because even though it's <laughs> it's not a good stereotype I am very hungover as well. But no, Irish, <laughs> I I don't agree with the Irish uh, stereotype either. Not at all. No. <laughs> Jared's holding it together for us, though. <laughs> I, I, am I genuinely your first sober guest? Uh, or the first sober person on the show, bar the first episode where you guys, for some reason, didn't have a drink? 
Yeah, pretty okay, much. Okay, yeah, pretty much. We, we we went out drinking after that episode pretty aggressively, but that episode we were very sober. Second episode we were pretty sober. Third episode was the beginning of the end. Has it been kind of slowly ramping up, or are you guys pretty much flatline now at a, a solid like two can buzz? Or oh, I spiked really early at the beginning because if you oh, remember, yeah. I was drinking I was drinking bourbon because I didn't have beer in the house, and now I'm drinking beer, but. Of really early on though like there's a lot of those episodes that I when I was editing I had to cut out a lot of stuff because I wasn't by the end of it I was just not I was incomprehensible oh man I was barely holding it together I'm looking forward to like the bootleg version of the lost episode getting released where you just had one too many and the whole thing is just incredibly politically incorrect and not in the normal way <laughs> that could be this one yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. shite uh yeah well what wait what did I want? oh yeah european court the the britons never really liked the the court parts of being in the european union they really like their traditions and the and the parliament being sovereign and the and their own court being important so they were always really 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 sketchy whenever they were um being told what to do by this european court and a lot of time they did ignore it and paid the fines anyway because it would be too politically difficult to try and implement the thing so like the European Court told Britain that they had to let um, prisoners vote, but the UK doesn't didn't want to do that, so they pretty much just paid the fine every year. When oh really <laughs> yeah, when the Commission were like you have to do it, and they were like nope 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 not doing it. Fuck. So that was oh. one of the how much was, do we know how much those fines are? They're tens, hundreds of millions, like a lot of money. Oh wow, so yeah. it's legitimate, legitimate amount of money. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not just like it's not like a token. It's not like fiver. a tenner. No. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Ma, I'm not going to be able to get my fish and chips tonight," said the British government. <laughs> <laughs> At least we can all all rest easy knowing that all of that excess money is now going to go directly to the NHS, right, Steve? Yes, that's right. Three hundred and seventy million a week, not a day. Hottie corrections. Don't mm. know. I know <laughs> See, you're listening. I said, "Oh, I said week," but then you guys both said day, and I ended up editing out the part where I said week because. I was like, I said at the same time as you, and I sounded like an idiot. Yeah, well, it turns out we were the idiots. You were right. I was Man. screaming at my phone at the time, being like, it's fucking weak, lads. Get it together. Um, but I lit- Oh man, I'm so mad at myself now because I said week at the exact same time you said day and I just like dropped the levels when I said that. Because- <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was back Fuck. before this podcast was interactive, so I couldn't, uh, you couldn't <laughs> hear me, which is, I never want to go back to it, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Jer, for that gift. So what, what, what happens next? In the European Union? Yeah. We don't know, because it depends on how this Brexit thing is going to go. Um, How's it going to go, Steve? Tell me now. Uh, okay, my call, I guess, is that the Britons are going to realise that it leaving it, like just cold hard leaving, saying, fuck you, flipping the table, leaving, like flipping off every single country as they leave, like, mm-hmm. you know, cutting the <laughs> cutting the, the French the French onions and, and flipping over the Spanish... I don't know, Matador or whatever. Um, <laughs> You're flipping over the guy who's like... Yeah. Ju- <laughs> Lifting him, flipping him. <laughs> Theresa May. I'm, I'm pretty That's agile. the last thing he needs. They'll get out of the way. Like, There's like a bull charging at him and you're about to flip him over. <laughs> he had a cape. So it was they, very tantalizing. I had to go for him. If they do that, then they're going to find out that not being able to trade with countries in uh, a world economy that has been all about trade for the last hundred years or so, or definitely last mm-hmm. 60 since World War II, is going to be pretty hard and it's going to hurt the economy pretty bad. Like already loads of the... Um, 
the banks based in London are like there's like they're they're looking at their at their prospective customers saying, well, we can't tell our customer that it's going to take an extra day to make a massive financial transfer just because of this Brexit shit. So we're just going to up mm-hmm. and leave and join the EU. We're just going to move our office to Paris or Frankfurt or Dublin or something like that. So it's going to hurt them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're going to they're going to back down and all the hard talk rhetoric about it being a hard Brexit and taking back the rights and the free movement of people. And I think they're going to end up getting kind of like what Switzerland or Norway have, which is pretty much European Union light, where you have to follow all the laws that they set mm-hmm. but in, in exchange for the free trade, but you're not actually an official member of the European Union. Right. So it's a, yeah, it's like a, so, it, it'll be softer than they originally anticipated. Yeah, yeah. pretty much after that's the vote. That's your call. That's, that's your my call. call. It, I could okay. be totally wrong. There's no point in making calls in this world anymore. No. Jared, what's your call? Um, I'm sorry. I just I love the idea of the UK being like, "Fuck it, we don't get a, a big enough weight in the votes that the EU take, so we're going to move out." Oh wait, no, we have to follow all the rules they say, but we forfeit our right to vote. Like that's that's real bad, man. Yeah, not good luck, is it? It's not super hot. No, no, no. No, it's not super nah, hot. No, dog. No, no, no. Nah, man. Nah, man. Nah, dog. No, 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 no. But yeah, uh, my call. Fuck. Uh, what you said sounded pretty good. Um, <laughs> You'd like that? Yeah, I reckon that's probably what's going to happen, all right. Uh, because, yeah, like, from, from the little bits of insight that I've gleaned from various people, basically the UK seem to be in a really shit negotiating position, right? Pretty much, because the European Union need to make sure it's not easy to leave Europe. Um, otherwise, what, what's the reason to stay? Like, if you don't have to take any of the pain and you just get all the gain, then why wouldn't you just go, yeah, fuck it, I'm out. I'm, uh, Greece is out. Everyone's out. Ireland are out. Um Finland are out but why would you stay if you don't have to like and pay the cost and take the hard parts if you, all you can get is just the nice parts when you when you yeah. go around flipping matadors I assume you like the EU do you personally um, I'm kind of indifferent to it uh, it's like it's a nice thing that these European countries have figured out how to get along and stop blowing the shit out of each other every couple of decades but a lot of people would question whether or not that is necessarily the European Union's um to the European Union's credit, or is that just because like the whole world has become more integrated? Like you have global versions of the EU in things like the World Trade Organization. North America have their NAFTA thing, which is a trade thing between Canada, America, and and Mexico, but they don't have the same supranational government that the EU is, so they don't have to follow any like other form of government on top of theirs. The Europeans have really gone like a hard uh, they've gone down like a really, really, really integrated system, whereas loads of other countries seem to be doing the trade, but without the extra government. Do you think then that just the general principles of like globalization that every country has been trending towards would solve a lot of those problems of like um, negating con- potential future conflicts and that European Union have just overcompensated and overcorrected and added a lot more layers of bureaucracy? Um, yeah, but then I wouldn't necessarily just I wouldn't say the European Union has like done it maliciously or whatever, or, or they've tried right, to exploit right, right. the situation. I mean, it is what it is. It's the European project. Like, obviously, over the decades, the countries have agreed that they get they get more from pooling their resources together than they would just sitting on their own. So it just makes mm-hmm. more like uh, they're kind of looking at China, the United States, Russia. These are India, huge countries with massive populations. Um, whereas if like if the European countries were to just run on their own, which are Ireland shouting on its own is no good, but if they join together and shout with 20, 27 other voices, well, then you get more power and more clout on the world stage. So that's kind of what they're thinking I as well. I don't know, man. I can shout pretty loud. 
Yeah. 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 Like I think if we got a couple of us on a stage, I think we could like, we could give Europe run for its money, you know, yourself. Yeah. But then if 1.2 Indian people came in after us, I'm pretty sure we get dropped out. I'm pretty sure I'm louder than an Indian person. Jared shouts at Indian people on a daily basis in (laughs) London. It's just a fact of life. (laughs) So speaking of Jared. Jer, you, you are an Irish person living in London. You are currently seeing a Dutch person living in London. What are the implications for people like Jer, who, like you say, have a network of close friends yeah. who are all European, but living in London and facing this Brexit reality? As far as I understand it, okay, well, Ireland, from what we gather, is fairly immune to this. There won't be any issues taken to kick all of the Irish out of the UK because we had a pre-existing agreement, Correct. Yes, the yeah. Ireland Act of 1949. Fucking man. That's very original name. Yeah. Good good job having that off the, the top of the dome there, Steve. That was really impressive. Um, but yeah, um, it just so happens that my good, good lady friend has been in the country for like five and a half, tipping on six years now. So I think that's that's around the, um, the timeline that you need to be able to claim residency. Correct me if I'm wrong. She could almost naturalize, probably. Like, she'd become a, a British citizen if she wanted to be. Yeah, I think there was a situation where, um, with the Netherlands and the UK, that you can only have a passport for one. So she needed to hand it back her Netherlands passport if she ah, wanted to do that, which wasn't super great. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, I've had I've had other friends, obviously, who've, who've moved here in the last year or two. Like, a friend of mine just moved, and in her first job interview, they said, so how's Brexit going to affect you? And this is, like, before... It, like the article 50 was even even signed Jesus. Or yeah and that's it's a like, load of shit yeah i know i mean it's a, a fucking curveball of a question to be asked in an interview but it's like like literally the, the most informed people in the country probably don't know what how it's going to affect people like yeah well i guess like you know as an interview question they just want to see what she was going to say but still that's a fucking like it's your fucking business you're the employer yeah yeah that's, that's yeah don't put it on them i mean it's the same kind of thing that with the uh, illegal immigrants in the uk that like what's the alternative that you literally just go around knocking on doors and hauling people away like uh, how, yeah, how I do mean, they evict that many people from a country it's no one is realistically thinking that the uk are suddenly going to deport every european citizen that's been living there for so long I mean, they haven't actually said that they won't do that yet because it's a negotiation card. If they, like the if if they say we're going to get rid of all the European citizens, um, or if they if they have that they have that on the table as something that they can use as leverage against the European Union when they're trying to get their trade deal. That's the only reason that they haven't come out and said we're not going to be monsters and deport people by dragging them out of their homes. But I mean, everyone's. I think you should be pretty confident that if you already live there beforehand, that they'll they'll there'll be some sort of like a. Like, oh, well, you can stay here on the same terms that you had before, but new people coming in won't have the same the same rights or benefits. Do you have any idea how the UK could potentially implement like a, a system for this for, for EU citizens afterwards? Like how do other countries, like do other countries have very different ways of handling this? I know the, the, the US has a very strict visa system and whatever, but well, what would have, you foresee the UK doing? The UK has, a, it has an immigration system as it is. I mean, if you're an Indian and you want to live in the UK, you have to go through like the same uh, visa system that an Irish person moved to America would have to do. Like the, the, the structures are already in place. You would just, you would like, you just wouldn't have the right as a Polish person to move to the UK now without asking, asking permission, you would have to apply and, and go through the same process as any, any other country, um, country citizen. I guess if they were to, I guess they would have to ask all non UK European residents to like basically apply for a new status or something like that. It would, it would be a huge undertaking. 
it will be a huge undertaking mm. anyway because I guess there's there's millions of EU citizens there but there's millions of uh, UK citizens living all across Europe as well and they don't want to go home so I guess the deal will be we'll agree to keep the people that you wanted mm. like loads and loads of retirees from the UK moved to Spain to live and that is a huge amount of old people who are very costly on healthcare systems that would have to come back so the UK will probably be okay with letting them stay in Spain for their retirement years and are these things that need to be negotiated separately, like with Spain, with like each individual country? They no. have a lot of work ahead of them, no? No, no, it's it's all, the UK is one party, the EU is another party. So they're right. basically, like, they're, they're, the Europeans are negotiating as a block. But any agreement that does get picked, like whatever, whenever they finish negotiating and they have something to vote on, um, each of the European countries will have to ratify it individually, um, which is right. going to be tough, like... That uh, sounds messy. It was. It is messy. And um, the Canadians uh, were working on a trade deal with Europe for fucking ages, like nearly ten years, and it was just about to get passed when suddenly a regional parliament in Belgium were like, "No, nah, we don't like it," and the entire thing nearly ground to a halt. And the Canadians were so frustrated they were like, they stormed out of the meeting and started talking to the press, saying, "This is ridiculous." Like a tiny little fraction Jesus. of one part of the entire body were able to do this. How are we supposed to do business with this? They did end up getting the the regional parliament on side and the trade deal went through but it just goes to show you like that's basically what britain are going to have to deal with then as well Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough yeah for sure for sure is that everything on the topic um i guess yeah we kind of sped over the european integration we did the brexit part that's pretty much yeah you're happy with it we're all well informed chair how informed do you feel right now oh man i know exactly why i'm europe Guys, I think I'm really bad at podcasts. No, you're you're about as good as we are, so. Okay. Great. Shit. I just thought I'd be way, way better. <laughs> I did too, if I'm being honest. Oh, damn it. Okay. Sorry, guys. Oh, man. Uh, we move on to our next segment then? We have another segment? Okay. Yeah, I thought we'd do a fake news for real dudes because Jared's here. <gasps> Wait. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Okay, how's this going to work then? Well, I'll just put it to both of you guys and you guys can both deal with it together, I guess. Wait, 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 wait. Can I do the sting? There's a, yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay, all right. Let me just back up from the microphone a little bit. <clears throat> Fake news for real dudes. <sighs> How'd that sound? Uh, really good, actually. I wet myself. Okay, great. Yeah, good. really good. Uh, so, Jerry, you, you're familiar with the rules. I read two news stories, one of which is real, one of which is fake. And through the process of asking me questions, you have to discern which is the real news story, which is a fake news story. Yeah, dog. Yeah, let me just pull up my thing here. Watch uh, out, sir. So this... Watch out. <laughs> oh, wait. Do, am I the only one answering or can we both answer? Steve? Uh, and, uh, since, since we're talking about European integration, we're talking about negotiating. So me and Jer will give you a collective answer. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, so most buddy. of these uh, fake news for real dude segments have been themed and this week has been no different. Uh, this week is space themed because <gasps> the, the, um, the, the news was so depressing this past week that I felt like it would be good to get away from planet Earth for a while and... Uh, head to the warm embrace of outer space. Richie, quick yeah. correction. And again, mm-hmm. I'm sure someone will get you on what is politics. It's cold in space. Hey, Jer, can I correct you on your correction? <laughs> the, the sun is in outer space, which is a big ball of fire. And it's what keeps this planet warm. So if the sun is in outer space, then how can space be cold? Uh-oh. Fucking God damn it. St- Jesus. And you know what else? I never you know even else? thought about that. The sun that. is basically just a big star. And guess what's in outer space? Nothing but fucking stars. You can't move it or fuckers. So... This space is really hot. 
That's what I'm saying. Go on. Just ask the fucking question. I've, I've been put in my place. I know. This is about the uh, right amount of um, animosity and hatred that this segment always brings up. This is good. Okay. We yes. haven't even gotten to the question yet, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's space-themed. So the first news story is scientists launch a campaign to restore Pluto's status as a planet. So a team of scientists... Scientists. Scientists who see space... <laughs> Uh, seeking to restore Pluto to planethood, launch a campaign uh, to broaden basically the the classifications that that led to um, Pluto being defined as like a dwarf planet at about you know a couple of years ago. They're looking to broaden the, the terminology so that it can be you know reintegrated as a planet. Okay, Jesus, that'd be very nice. That's the first news story. The second news story is, hang on, fuck. That's that's uh, really hold on, good. Hold on, uh, hold on, pretending hold on. to navigate from one page to no, another. There, fuck, Steve. shut up, shut up. Sorry. Um, scientists are, sh- uh, <laughs> are. Shut up. Hold on. Scientists, scientists are renaming the moon to Earth's little friend. Um, guys, can I level with you for a second? I copied and pasted the shit I wrote out yesterday into Google Keep, which is how I keep track of all my notes, but I don't think I copied and pasted in the last story. So scientists are renaming the moon to Earth's little friend is just something I made up right there now. No, you didn't. No, that's definitely a possible headline. So we'll I vote so, B. Okay, so your choices are... I vote B. Scientists are launching a campaign I to restore Pluto's status as a planet and scientists are renaming the moon to Earth's little, little friend. Say hello to uh, Earth's little friend. B. Yes. So. Yes, I want this. I want this so much. It is B, please. It has to be B. Steve, I will become a scientist. I will become a scientist and I will rename whatever I need to fucking rename to have the moon be Earth's little friend. This isn't the new story that you want to be true, Jerry. This is the new story that is actually true. Listen, he talked he said that there were that the fucking sun was a star. It is. Alright, fact has nothing to do with this. The sun is, the sun a, star. is a star. That's nonsense, and you know it. <laughs> what is it? Hold on. Well, hang okay, on. We can we can hang address on. this later. The sun, the sun is a ball. Stars are little pointy things. That's bullshit. You can't trick me this way. Like it's not going to happen, lads. It's not going to happen. This is really falling apart. So scientists launch a campaign to restore Pluto's status as a planet, or scientists are renaming the moon to Earth's little friend. You have my answer. I know. I know. Um, wish to disintegrate our union and I'm going to give a separate answer. I'm I'm, bre- I'm Brexiting, Brexiting from our team. Yeah, I'm, I'm this picking is a Stegsit from <laughs> Stegsit. I'm picking A. Okay. It's the real story. Man, I got to go with my heart on this one. My heart and my gut. My slightly sick gut. Uh, and I'm, I got to say, man, the moon or its little friend. Let's go. Jerry, you're right. No, you're not. You're <gasps> incredibly wrong. Uh, so <laughs> scientists are launching a plane to try and reinstate uh, Pluto as a planet. Uh, scientists are renaming the moon to our little friend. That's I did make up a story. So this the Pluto story is real. I, I researched that this week, and then so what I usually do is I find my real story, and then I pick a f- I try and make up a fake story based off the real story, so that they're both in the same theme. And I came up with a story about the moon about three days ago, and I wrote it down, but I didn't copy and paste it into my notes. And you don't so, remember what the story was. I don't remember what it was. So scientists renaming the moon to Earth's little friend was as good as I could come up with on the spot. I mean, I fell for it, like, all the way. It does sound like a great story, though. Like, I would love it if instead of looking up in the night sky and seeing the moon, we saw Earth's little friend. 
Oh, look, we got a full Earth's little friend today. Um, yeah, no, Pluto is too fucking small. Um, the moon, I'm pretty sure, is bigger, but he's still small compared to Earth and their friends, so... <laughs> Earth's friends. Yeah, dog. I've said dog a lot this episode. I saw a dog at the park, Richie, who's very, very cute. Aw. It was a pug, and he was like, <laughs> you know, you know the sounds pugs make? <laughs> yeah. He had a very big twig and fucked. He did not want to let go of that twig. It's called a branch or a stick. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no. He was a very small pug. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, okay, so that's fake news for real dudes. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk Fuck, about let's really. talk about what Jer seen in the park some more. Can we talk about Jer not knowing that the sun is a star? Like, is that a Jer? Was that a legitimate thing? No. Should I'm we Richie. start with what I'm astronomy? Richie, I just read Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. I know. I'm reading that much. right now. It's really good. It's isn't really it? good. That's actually why I made this space themed because I've been reading. Yeah, that no, book you can't stuff. read that book and then not have a really good idea about orbital mechanics. Like it's it's baked in there. Um, I so, know what I'm orbital mechanics guys for sure. Uh, should we do shout outs, Steve, and thank yous and that kind of thing? Yep. Cool. So I have two shout outs this week and feel free, you guys, if you want to add shout outs to this. But uh, first one is Lena Normington, who she has an excellent YouTube channel, by the way. Uh, she recommended us on their recent video on how to be informed. I just want to point out, I just want to point out that we were just referenced on how to be informed with Noam Chomsky and like many other very prestigious and qualified people. <laughs> yeah, we're right up there with them, evidently. But yeah, that's yeah, a huge thank you to, to Lena. That was very sweet of her to, to count us along more, far more legitimate sources <laughs> than ourselves. Or maybe Lena will, ch- will redact all of that uh, when she listens back to this episode. I don't know. No, it's Lena has a podcast of her own, by the way, called The yes. Banging Book Club that she does with two friends of hers um, where they review sex-themed books so I'd highly recommend giving them a shout out if you can. Um, apologies. Like, uh, I mean, should this podcast exist in a bubble? Should we pretend like all other podcasts don't exist or? There are other podcasts. What on podcasts? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, totally give her a shout out, which you just did. Um, yeah, go <laughs> yeah, check yeah. that out. Um, was it Banging Book Club? Banging Book Club. Excellent name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so our first shout out. And our second shout out is to Mammy Nolan, my man. Who I had I had a I had my weekly phone call with Ireland where I was chatting with Matt and she was commenting on how much she loved the podcast. She listens to all the episodes and Steve, you'll be delighted to know that she called you out in particular. She said, even though she never met you, she thinks she'd really get along with you and that your laugh is infectious and jovial and you're so well informed. Jesus, did you read that out? <laughs> No, these are all things that Mammy Nolan told me on the phone this week. Wow, I'm, I'm humbled. So, Thank you, Mammy Nolan. Mammy Nolan, I am so sorry for the things I've said in this podcast. Please, <laughs> please. Um, well, Mammy Byrne, oh Mammy Byrne gave out to me. She, I, th- I think she only listened to the first episode and she's like, why are two adult men talking about training bras? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what everyone who listened to the first episode was thinking though, Steve. That's totally yeah. legitimate. Fine, that's why we dropped it very quickly. Yeah, very good. Almost <laughs> immediately, someone would say. But yeah, Mammy Nolan turns out is our biggest fan. So, hey, Ma. How's it going, Mammy Nolan? I'll talk, I'm going to give you a call after I finish recording this podcast. I do miss your Ma. She's lovely. <laughs> she is. She is. She loves you as well, Jer. <laughs> oh, uh, you guys, any shout outs? Jer, who do you want to shout out, seeing as you're the guest? This is your opportunity. Um, I wanted to shout at my fucking Amazon Alexa over there for fucking up on me but um, uh, no I like if I was going to recommend anything it would be this podcast and that seems sort of redundant Aww. 
No, give it a go, Jerry. Shout out this podcast on this podcast. Yeah. Specifically, try shout out this podcast to people who have never listened to this podcast. That's what I want <laughs> okay, you to do right sure. there. Um, I highly, highly recommend checking out what is dot politics.audio. You got to give that. Sorry, I left a little gap in there. Let me get, get a clean take. One sec. <clears throat> I highly recommend checking out what is dot politics.audio. Uh, it's essentially this podcast with just a little like overlay of truth. Just sort of, um, yeah. Do do go on there. Like it, it's originally designed for corrections, but put any kind of feedback you want in there. I, I plan on adding some more functionality to it at a later uh. date. That'll uh, I want like little real time reactions. Like people can do the Facebook Live thing of clicking on faces sure. and they'll pop up as you're listening to it. But oh sure, if, this, if this if this little project of yours becomes bigger than this actual podcast, not only will I quit this podcast, but I'll just go live in the face. <laughs> great i have discovered that you can just put in any other podcast rss feed and it'll just work so i plugged in like um the weekly planet and it, it just built the tool for the weekly planet wow oh, um those guys don't need corrections those guys are legit. yeah totally um but yeah thank you very much guys it was entirely uh, inspired by donald mulligan's haughty corrections in the previous episode by the way so big shout out to him what was that noise uh, that was a big old motorbike. Jesus Christ, Was it? why was it driving through your bedroom? <laughs> um, I live on a highway. Oh, nice. The fact that it's been this quiet has has been miraculous, in fact. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for joining us this week. Absolutely my pleasure. I uh, apologize for all the ranting, but... No, no, God, it's been... You, you fit in perfectly, um, and we've loved having you here, even though you've completely tried to undermine our podcast with a separate um, website which utilizes our branding, but not quite in the same way. And it just, it's similar enough, but different enough that it's threatening oh, to me. Yeah, you can you can speak to my lawyer about that. That's fine. Okay, um, great. I think I'm going to put on my jeans now that we're done podcasting. I'm not. Cool. Great. Okay. Steve, any closing <laughs> remarks? Uh, Are you still wearing pants? I, I put on more clothes because of the hangovers. Oh, man. I need I need the world to be soft all around me, so I'm just, like, I'm wrapped up quite well. Nice. Oh, nice. shit. Radio. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Thank See you. Ya. See you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.